if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. There is no such thing as a big game. I don't believe in that. If you take everything you do seriously to the best you can, you don't have to get up. Welcome to Decision Point, a podcast about mental toughness and overcoming adversity in sales. I'm Brad Seaman. Brandon Steiner is someone that understands how to make the most of an opportunity. He's a founder and president of the Steiner Agency and Collectible Exchange, and the author of multiple books on leadership and business. Growing up as a poor kid in Brooklyn, Brandon turned his paper route into a certified business by adding value to the customers he served. He learned early on that if you understand someone's true needs and truly care about serving them, almost anything is possible. Brandon now has over 50 years of experience in sales and has become a voice for the next generation of exceptional salespeople. Yet he still finds time each day to give back and make someone feel special. I had Brandon on the show to talk about what drives him to keep giving back to those around him and how his upbringing is still core values of mental toughness. He also shares some stories from his journey that highlight the importance of being ready to make big decisions and how to maximize opportunities once those decisions are made. Let's listen in. Brandon, so I know from reading about you and talking with Scott, gratitude's a big piece of your life, particularly in your morning routine. How does that sort of fit in with everything that's going on? And second question, how do you think gratitude is helpful in terms of facing adversity? Well, I mean, I, I think you can't move forward unless you're grateful for what, what, what you have. A lot of people want more, but then I've been accepting and and, and, and understand why they even have what they have. So the best way to move forward is to have a high level of gratitude. But I think, I think this gratitude, if there's anything we've learned even in this little bit of the shakeup what's going on in the world is that, you know, the common good is always supersedes everything, you know? So whatever you're gonna accomplish in your company is, is important, even if it's a money grab, but the common good of what you add to the company as a team and as a group always supersedes. What you do as a family always supersedes what you do individually. Uh, and, you know, it's always true in sports. I mean, you know, the, the teams that excel, that do really well, the ones that are willing to give up for each other, look out for each other, take care of each other. And the leadership you have to show at this particular time from a gratitude standpoint. And everyone can be a leader in this environment. You don't have to wait for the president, governor, or mayor to get on TV and tell you what to do. In my mind, during an environment like this, and, and really should be an environment every day for you, is just helping somebody, making someone feel good, doing something that advances someone else's leadership. Um, I always say, you know, helping people is not a burden, but it's actually an opportunity that will lead you to sheer joy. And I think the grown-up game of it all is that when you do help people unconditionally, whether it be in the office, in your community, at home, you, it's really the best thing you do. Because that's why we're all here. We're not all here just to fill our pockets and, you know, worry about getting a nicer car or boat or a bigger house. Although I like that. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with liking those things and, and going after them and, and working really hard to get them. But I think, you know, we're all here really to make this planet better, collaborate. And that's really where the true joy comes in and making sure that the people that are left behind, you know, you put out a hand and try to, you know, bring them forward. And I don't think there's anything tricky about it, but listen, there's a lot of selfishness. You know, we tend to live in our own little bubble. And the problem is sometimes that carries over to sales and people pick up on that. People know that when you, you know, you, listen, I know the people that have called me and I, the people that I'm calling, 
and I'm not selling them anything, but I'm checking in and I'm, I've never been a sales driven person. I'm a solution driven person. You know, so I'm always calling people up thinking about their problems and thinking if I could add some value uh, to maybe help them. Nobody's getting rid of people that are trying to help them with problems and value, which nobody seems to talk about, but it's such a key element in sales and in entrepreneurship is what you could do for someone that they can't do for themselves. So I had this client that was, I was really trying to get back in. I had been, they've been a client many years before and I kind of lost them and I know they were a big opportunity to get them back. So I've been staying in touch with this client. And about three months ago, I know he loves food, Italian food. And I sent him uh, from a boutique Italian grocery store in California. I'm in, I'm in New York. And I sent him this box of some really rare, nothing crazy, you know, but some rare uh, sauce and olive oil. And it was just a nice little package where you can make a really outrageous dinner. Three months ago, about two weeks ago, I got a call from Sam. Brandon, I need that number. We got that stuff. It's maybe one of the best meals I've ever had. So, you know, I, I'm glad you said that because I know you love food. I know the way you are. And I knew you would enjoy that. Because, you know, some all these years go by, nobody knows me like you know me. And that's the best compliment ultimately a client or a vendor or a customer can give you. And, you know, consequently now, you know, we're rolling and we've been talking the last couple of weeks about possibly doing some projects and some business. So, you know, you got to open up both your eyes. And you got to make sure you're really seeing your customers and, and, your, and your clients for who they really are. And I always say it's not who you know or what you know, but what you know about who. And now that you've slowed down, you realize that you start doing some Google searches and you realize, oh, wow, that, I didn't realize that my, one of my best clients is married or his kid just graduated from college or just is going to college. Or, I mean, everybody now is going through trials and tribulations. So, like, I have a client that's kids just graduating high school. It's a big moment going to college. So, you know, I have an athlete that I know who he's a big fan of doing a quick little video for the kid. And that's what I'm sending to the client because it's probably a bummer, you know really no graduation, have a little party at home, but all of a sudden one of his favorite players is going to give him a good luck, congratulations message. It's all these little things that you can do or you can sit on your butt and feel bad for yourself and watch the news all day. So it's not who you know or what you know, but what you know about who. Stop selling, start serving and solving, and be a solution-driven salesperson, not, a, not just all about the sales, because when you're solution-driven, the sales come. You know, people want, to, people want to do business with people they like, have a good relationship with, that, that are, they know are truly, genuinely trying to help them. It sounds like based on what I've read, gifting has been a really big part of your business strategy and, and maybe you personally. Can you take us back and tell us what it was like growing up in Brooklyn? Because I think a lot of that may have come from your upbringing. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. Um, you know, one thing I want to mention, you know, in this environment, we're all troubled. No, our circumstances are troubled. Our circumstances are confused. You're not confused. You're not troubled. You're good. Some stuff that's way out of your control. And that's, you have to also sometimes look at your situation. And really, your whole situation doesn't really matter where you are. What matters is what you want to accept. And I bring up this point because I think people that are extraordinary and people really get to greatness are the ones that have high levels of non-acceptance. That's all that matters. It doesn't really matter if you're the number one salesman or the number 20 salesman or whatever it is. The, the, the question is, are you willing to accept it? Are you the number one salesperson in your group 
or the number person number one person that is generating revenue are you willing to accept that and that's going to be good enough or are you looking to break every record on the planet because once you have a high level of non-acceptance you'll then move to commitment and everything's going to change so, so for me i grew up you know on king's highway uh 539 king's highway in brooklyn and you know in a, in a very small apartment a lot of cockroaches uh, a lot of bugs around welfare and finally, you know, I had been sent home from school and you know, I started working when I was 10, just so because I was hungry and I needed clothes. Now, I don't recommend that you have a 10 year old that if you put him on the street, literally I'm on the street trying to find work, I'm giving out circulars underneath the L. And finally, I go see my mom, I told her that, you know, I'm looking for a new job and she sent me to this paper route. So I opened up a paper route and, it, and when I opened up the paper route, the Daily News on Avenue X and East 4th Street, there's a sign that says, whoever sells the most candy bars, whoever opens up the most paper route, people will win a box of candy bars, sorry. And like, you know, at, 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 I was 12 at that point and like to win a box of candy bars and bring them home was huge. You didn't have a lot of food, that would have been a monster. So I'm knocking on doors. Now, when I took the paper route over, I just want to clarify this, I had 29 dailies and 34 Sundays. Knocking on doors, nothing. Finally, I knock on this older woman's door. She's probably well in her 70s. And I see that she's got the paper stacked up inside her door. And she says, uh, can I help you, Sonny? I'm like, would you like to get the paper? She said, absolutely not. I said, why? I'll be here every morning by 7 a.m. She says, yeah, but I get it from the corner store. I said, it's the same price as from me as the corner store. And the woman says, yeah, but then I got to tip you. So I go home. I go to my mom, whose favorite line, by the way, was you got to have balls. That was the name of my second book, which means be fearless, don't stop, be relentless, and don't put a ceiling on your creativity of how far you want to dream. That's you got to have balls. I named the book after her and all the lessons she taught me. So when I went home, I told her we got to move out of this neighborhood because the people are cheap. And, and she said, sit down. I'm going to tell you something very valuable. I'm only going to tell you this once. You got to stop selling. You got to, you can't expect people that, to buy something from you when they get it from any other places. You got to differentiate yourself. You got to start solving and serving. How can you serve these people? Not just bring the paper. What else can you do for them? And you got to solve a problem. So I go back, I start knocking on doors. Remember, I'm only 12. And I got to be honest with you, I got nothing. I mean, I, and I'm a relentless kid. I mean, when I tell you I'm knocking on doors, it's like 11 at night. It's 10 at night on a Thursday, and I realize my week's about to end here. And I haven't signed up anyone. <laughs> 29 days, 34 Sundays, I knock back on this woman's door. And she goes, is there an emergency? Something's gone. It's 10 o'clock at night. Something wrong? I said, ma'am, I just need a minute of your time. If there's a torrential downpour, ice storm, heat wave, snow, blizzard, a woman such as yourself should not be out in the street. If I bring you milk every Wednesday and Sunday and hot bagels on Sunday, and if you need something else, I'll bring it for you. But when the weather's bad and, and, and you did these circumstances, you probably need somebody to help you get some of the essential stuff you need. You would do that for me? I said, I was concerned. That is so sweet. Not only did she sign up, but she was the mayor of the neighborhood. I went to 199 dailies, 234 Sundays, and one, two boxes of candy bars. But really, if you're listening, how that story relates to really is about, are you really listening to your customers and are you really delivering what you have so they, it's what they need versus what you're trying to sell? Are you really listening to what your customers need and understanding the value proposition that's essential for them? Most people are so concerned about what they're selling and hitting their number 
as opposed to really understanding what the customer really needs and how they need to deliver to them. Yes, I was delivering more bagels and milk than I probably was newspapers, but it worked. And I obviously had a huge route with a lot of swagger because that's started making a lot of money at 12. And I think there's a lot of people that are sitting with something that's really, really good. They don't need the next thing, but you need to do. I always say your first idea is not your best idea. But the goal is, is to really think about your idea and how you can add more value to that idea, value proposition, which is coming up with ideas around your, your, your concept, your product that add value. And value, again, is things that you can do for someone that they can't do for themselves. And the more you think about your, some of your better products, you'd be surprised that you're leaving a lot of money on the table. I know one of the things that can happen is if you're adding value that's sort of different than what your product is, you can potentially sort of creep into some other market. Do you think that's where the overlying statement as an entrepreneur should fall in? Your first idea is not always your best idea? No. I think that's the mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make is they have a little success in their first idea. And now, all of a sudden, they think they're ready to go out and get into a bunch of other ideas. And I'm saying there's a huge opportunity usually when you come up with an idea and it starts to stick, to stay focused on that idea. I mean, you look at some of the best companies and you think about the amount of products that they have, Apple. I mean, they could do a million and one things and they do one thing and they do it great. Um, I mean, when you think about some of the best things, even Oreo cookies, I mean, how many years do you get one sleeve or three and that's it? It's 30, 40 years till they started coming up with a whole bunch of other things. So when you want to start a great brand, the foundation usually comes by doing one thing incredibly well. Down the road, it may lead to the door opening when you become extraordinary. When you're the best cookie on the planet, like an Oreo cookie, yeah, then you can start getting into the 15 zillion other flavors and everything else. Extraordinary opens up the door, not the fact you came up with a good idea. And that's the mistake that entrepreneurs make. They start reading their own headlines. Like I was, I was in my office one day, and I'll give you a great example of how I probably made one of my biggest, biggest ideas into something extraordinary. My inventory manager comes in my office and goes, we got a problem. What's your problem? It's basically what you do when you're a CEO is deal with a lot of problems. He said, we're overstocked on balls. Now, I, you know, my company, we sell a lot of signed baseballs and signed product. My new company is Collectible Exchange, by the way. And we have 50,000 different items on there. But back, uh, this is almost 20 years ago, the inventory manager said, we got too many balls. So my first comment was, we got balls. So what do I do? I put up a billboard on the highway. We got balls. It was a picture of all these baseballs signed by the players. And all of a sudden, we started moving our balls. That's funny, by the way. So but what, what's interesting about this is, again, your first idea is not your best idea. Is like a lot of people would have stopped there. But when my inventory guy came back up, says, you know, we got footballs and basketballs. Me, I go, okay, we got big balls. So I had the one billboard, we got balls. And the next billboard, I put the footballs, basketballs. We got big balls. And that was hysterical, funny. But what's interesting is I kept thinking, like, what else? What else? What, what's, that's my whole mantra. Of, and when I think about my mindset since I'm 10 is what else? What else can I do? The bagel story. What else can I deliver this lady? And I started thinking about we had this cube that we put the baseballs in. I was like, you know, some people are probably particular about where they put their balls. You know, and, and, and all kidding aside, like if you had a Mickey Mantle ball, Joe DiMaggio ball, those were kind of expensive. And at the time, there was only these loose sight little cubes that we sell for five bucks. So I invented a glass case, mahogany wood, really nice, $20. Now, on the cube, I could have sat back, 
The cube costs 50 cents. We sell them for five bucks. Can't ask for a better margin. But why stop there? So I go and I create this glass case that sells for $20 and the cost is like $5, a little less than five bucks. And I'm sitting back and I'm, and I'm really enjoying, feeling good about myself, patting myself on the back, but I'm thinking, what else? And I start thinking about what it's like for the customer now. That customer is really happy. They got a good place to put their balls and they can showcase their balls. But I'm thinking, wow, one of the biggest problems with autographed baseballs, a lot of times you can't read the signature. So what I do, I create a glass case. It's got the photo of the ball signature. So if it's a Mickey Mantle ball, it's a picture of Mickey Mantle on the, behind the ball. And I put a little game used dirt on the bottom to create a feeling. And I go from $19.99 to $39.99. Meanwhile, I had a dollar cost. So now I'm selling a $39.99 case, cost me six bucks. But the difference is that people are emailing, calling me, thanking me. Because now they can show off their balls and people actually can actually read these signatures. They can enjoy what they're watching when people come visit the house and, and the office and everything else. When you serve people and solve a problem, price doesn't become that much of an issue. And that's another big bonus to dig in deeper and really trying to solution base your selling. And for me, the number one seller of 32 years at my old company was the glass case, was the cases. It's incredible. Not the autographed items, but the place where people put their autographed items. And even on my new company, a collectible exchange, the website, if you go there, that's the number one item we sell is glass cases and our cases. Because people always need a place to put their balls. They're always going to need a place. That's awesome. Well, Brandon, is there any question or anything that you want to cover that I haven't asked you yet? I think it's just important to tell people like that you can make a way even when you don't see a way. You just, you have to be committed to that and you have to have a high level of non-acceptance. And I'm a big fan of another thing called POP, which is progress on process. You know, for some of you that, that are, are not quite able to be aggressive out there with your idea, then improve your process. And that's something you should be doing all the time anyway. So, you know, work on your presentations, work on your health, work on all the things like, listen, if you have more energy and you're healthier, you're going to, when the market does change and open up, you'll be even more effective and you'll be able to sell more. That's a fact. That's not even a, a thought. So pop, think every day about pop and that's figuring out how you can progress on your processes because we all know like that's ultimately the way to reach high level of success and extraordinary is to improve your processes, not shoot for extraordinary, but shoot for increased process uh, efficiency. Is there a process that you go through every day? What do you focus on? What's, what's your pop? Well, my pop is, you know, now that I'm not in an office, I'm able to do this, but I always have my two acts of kindness every day. And, you know, I like to wake up every day and I want to do something for somebody that they're not expecting it. And there's, you know, there's nothing in return. I just want to do something for somebody to help them. So, you know, when I'm in my office, I have a lot more things available to me. I have people help me do that. And now I'm, you know, just a, you know, I'm on a ship out in the middle of the ocean here, you know, on my own. So I have to be more creative about how I do those two acts of kindness every day. And my favorite thing is that two hours, you know, usually around midday when the mail comes, I always get like two thank you notes, which is the best thing. So, you know, how can I help people? So, you know, I go online, I try to find a charity that maybe I could help with some online marketing. I may find a charity I just want to write a check to. I may find a charity that's doing something and I tell them I'm going to put that on all my social media. Um, and I'm trying to, you know, find a person who's struggling and, and talk them through how I see their opportunity in their company. And sometimes that could be a couple hours. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I can do some good and I like to start my day off with two acts of kindness 
it's been a little more difficult, uh, you know, being home by myself. And, but I, I always try to start my day with at least a couple of nice acts of kindness, whether it's a card or a nice email to someone. Uh, but, you know, just trying to be, uh, I'm trying to incorporate more and more kindness. Now I've been doing that for over 15 years now, uh, going on 16 years. So there's, you know, a lot, a lot of people out there that I've liked to think I've done some nice things for, and it's makes me feel good, which is the point, you know, you want to start your day feeling good, knowing you've accomplished something, even though it's not hitting your bottom line, there's a lot to be said about your soul getting filled up by doing good. Listen, life's difficult. It's always going to be hard. But at the end of the day, really making sure that you're thinking about how you can make things better, get you better, realize these difficulties and absorbing those difficulties and so it'll put you on the side of the road are really important. And you need to incorporate that in times like this, especially. But even when things are going good, you need to keep that kind of attitude going, which is really what my mom was always saying about having balls, which is I should never be able to tell whether you made a big sale, made no sales, you should uh, have the same attitude. Whether it's the ninth inning, World Series, first inning, doesn't matter. I was at a spring training game. I'll tell you one last story here with Mariano. And I'm waiting for Mariano Rivera to come out. I had a deal I want to work with. So it's the fifth inning. He just pitched the fourth inning. All of a sudden, I figured it'd be a while to see him. He comes, sits down next to me. I'm like, wow, I'm watching a Yankee game with Mariano. I mean, it was unbelievable. So I turned to him, I said, you know, I guess that was no big deal. You went out, you pitched one in, he goes, no big deal. I just struck those guys out, one, two, three. I said, yeah, it was a spring training game. He goes, no. When I get on the mound or anytime I pitch a ball, it's game seven, ninth inning. It's the ninth inning, two outs, bases loaded. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. There is no such thing as a big game. I don't believe in that. If you take everything you do seriously, to the best you can, you don't have to get up. And what I say to my sales guys in the office is like, oh, I got a big meeting. What are you saying about the other meetings? You're disrespecting all the other meetings you're going on. And that's Mariano's point too. He's like, if that's a big game or not a big game. So when I play Tampa Bay or if I play um, Kansas City, that's that competition is real, it's serious. So what I do is by making sure that what I'm pitching in spring training or a game in May, I don't have to all of a sudden get myself up because it's a World Series game or the bottom of the night. I pitch on the highest level of focus and intensity all the time. And the ones that are great in, in their businesses and selling are the ones that are taking every customer, every pitch the same way, no difference, whether it's a $100 sale or a million-dollar sale. Because that $100 sale one day could turn around and be a million-dollar sale. And they'll appreciate your intensity and focus and commitment. That's how I've always approached my business. When you go into my office, you can't tell if I'm talking to somebody about a $25 sale or $25 million sale. The same energy, same focus. When I give this talk and I'm talking with you now on this pod, it'd be the same if I was talking to you or if I was giving a graduation speech or if I was talking to the most important people in the world, whatever it is. It's gonna, I'm going to give my all. I'm going to do it on one level and one level only. Right. You've got to make every day your masterpiece. Well, this has been great. Let's go ahead and hop into the power play. I'm going to ask you three questions and you can just shoot off the first thing that comes to your mind. What's the toughest decision you've ever had to make? Oh, boy. Uh, toughest decision I had to make was you know, going away to college. Uh, was really, really hard. And recently, whether I wanted to retire or whether I want to go back and start these two new businesses, the Steiner Agency and Collectible Exchange at the age of 60. And have the kind of energy that I had when I was 30. What's your biggest regret? 
Um, not getting home for dinner as often as I would have liked. Uh, you know, when I first started my business, the first 10, 12 years was really rigorous. It was just really rigorous. And I wish I got home a little more often, a little earlier and a little more for dinner and was able to pay a little more attention to my kids the first eight or nine years they were around. All right. Born mentally tough or made mentally tough? Um, made mentally tough. Um, you know, sometimes your situation of where you are raised and who raises you can have a profound impact on you. I highly recommend to anybody out there to recognize that and either reap the benefits of that or fix it. So to your past doesn't really drown you for your future. Because a lot of times your problems growing up can sometimes hold you back from being the person you want to be in your future. In my case, you know, I had both situations. I had a lot of stuff that really molded me into the business person I am. And I definitely had some things that are problematic that I need to kind of alter and fix to make sure that, you know, didn't get in the way because, you know, growing up without a lot of money with only one parent was tough. All right. Great stuff from Brandon. I'm going to bring our producer, Kyle Hawk, on now to share his thoughts on the interview. Kyle, I was inspired by hearing Brandon's talk about how far he would go out of his way each day to make an impact on someone. What were your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of uh, <laughs> mind-blowing how intentional he is about that. I mean, that's um, it, it seems like core to not only you know who, who he's about in terms of his business, but who he's about just in terms of who, who is Brandon, right? Um, Brandon is somebody that is um, clearly driven to make an impact on other people's lives and, and to do things that people don't expect. Um, and I think he talked a lot about like, you know, he does that because it feels good, but it also seems to like open up all different kinds of opportunities. Yeah. I mean, I was sitting there, I, we were sort of talking before, before we got on here and I was thinking to myself like, man, it couldn't have been profitable to do all the work that he, I mean, he was really running himself ragging on that newspaper route. But right. what happened was, you know, she opened him up to, you know, he called her the mayor. She opened him up to all these other accounts. And I think the big thing, the big takeaway or the big thing that I, I think I would highlight in him is what you said is intentionality. He was very intentional about um, making an impact on on others. Well, and it seems like, you know, from your perspective, in, in terms of going the extra mile, uh, to get a sale, it seems like you have to be intentional about it. It can't you can't just say that as like, well, on every single thing you go the extra mile to the point where the the sale is now no longer worth it. You kind of have to have a vision in mind of of what you're doing to provide somebody as as much value as you possibly can, right? Right. And he and he may not have known. I mean, look, if the gal didn't introduce him to another ninety accounts, it may have been a. a it may not have been the story that he was going to use to tell, to tell us about adding value. So, but right. in that case, I mean, you can tell in the stories that he's, that he's given is that the taking the step of adding additional value, I, I think it's really less, I think what he was, what I think was really important was not necessarily the actions that he took, but that he was thoughtful and he listened to what, what they actually needed. Yes. I think that's the important part. He he really understood what the need was. Cuz all the other paper boys were just trying to sell papers, but he understood what she really what she really need what she really needed. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. That level of listening and understanding um is something that I mean really can make 
all the difference, right? When the sale becomes less about you and more about the person on the other end, um, I think it's got to make the whole the whole process a lot uh, a lot easier. I mean, I do think you have to be careful in a scenario um, like that, particularly in a service business where you just can't take no for an answer, mm-hmm. like where you end up getting yourself in a situation where you can't be successful because you promise so many so many different things that you're going to do for somebody. Yeah. So I do think it's important um, if you're going to, if you're in a scenario like that, where you're adding additional value to the deal that you're doing it in the context of your ability to deliver. Right. Well, this, uh, this was all really good stuff from Brandon. He's a great storyteller and I'm going to tease our, tease our listeners here just a little bit because he, he shared a story um, that involved himself and, and Michael Jordan. We didn't include it in this uh, interview that you just heard, but uh, there's a pretty good chance if you stick around and you subscribe to our podcast, we might be releasing that as a as a bonus track fairly soon. And I, I got to tell you, it's it's quite the story, but it, it was just so fun listening to you and you and Brandon chat. Yeah, it's definitely a story of dreaming big. So <laughs> yes. I, I, if, you, if you get a chance to listen to it, you need to listen to it. All right. Well, that's it. What an exciting, exciting podcast. Great interview. Loved hearing from Brandon. I think uh, the couple takeaways that I had. Um, listening to him is, you know, be a good listener, pay attention to what the client, what your client needs, be a good solutions seller, never give up and dream big. So that's it for today. Remember, if you'd like some further reading on how to grow in mental toughness and become a better salesperson, you can download our mental toughness playbook, get it for free by going to monsterconnect.com slash podcast. Remember to subscribe to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. 